what's up? My name is Grace, and thanks for tuning in to the GT Young Adults Podcast. We're a community, a part of GT Church in Victoria, BC. We love Jesus and have a passion to learn and live like him and have a ton of fun doing it. All of the messages and conversations you find here will point you to his truth and his hope, so lean into whatever God wants to speak to you today. Enjoy what you're about to hear, and thanks for listening. So glad that you're here. If I haven't met you yet, uh, my name is Brendan. Most people just call me Bren. It's up to you what you call me. It really doesn't bother me. Sometimes people like say that, but I really mean it. And if you're wondering where it originated from, it's not Greek, it's not Irish. It just came from kindergarten and just stuck, okay? Um, so hi, it's nice to meet you uh, if we haven't met before. But I'm, I'm just really glad that you're here. Uh, thank you for spending a Sunday night with us here at GT. We love you. It's a great place to be. Um, and make sure you guys get connected. If you don't at all, come meet us at the back. We got like next steps and we got info desk. And if you want to learn and about church, about us, come check us out. It's pretty cool. But uh, something about myself, I've been here for a long time, actually. Uh, <laughs> the people who know me is like, yeah. Um, I've actually been going here since like eight months old. Uh, so kind of homegrown, and, and I love it here. I, I've ha- had the honor and the privilege of being able to lead with Steph for the last three years with youth ministry. So I get to hang out with like middle schoolers and high schoolers where kids call me bread. Um, I just kind of own it. So like I said, again, like it's, you won't offend me if you call me Bren. Maybe Brent, but uh, anyways, I, I grew up in this church. Uh, and I love it here. I love this place. I'm so honored and privileged to be able to even speak tonight. So thank you, Lucas and Andy and all the, the pastoral team. Um, but with growing up here, I've, I've prayed here. I've worshiped here. Shout out worship team really, really quick. That was a sick set. That was like a really good set. So thanks. Um, I've worshiped here. I've eaten here. I've slept here. I've not slept here. Shout out to Youth All Nighters. And I used to run laps around the sanctuary. Like, you're thinking, what is this? Yeah, when I was seven years old, my mom used to sing in the worship choir here. And for some reason, my mom would be like, okay, you good, honey? I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm great. I'm just going to run laps. I wish that, like, every single kid that I ever babysat was like, hey, what do you want to do? He's like, I'm going to run laps in the backyard until I fall asleep. Sick. Perfect children. Um, I wasn't perfect. I wasn't a perfect child. Um, but I, I love this place, um, and thank you for joining us here today. Um, so yeah, as you could tell, with running laps at the age of seven, uh, I had a lot of energy growing up. And so my parents thought, well, what should we do? So obviously they stuck me in sports. And I grew up loving sports. It's a good time. Um, at the Bay camp, we love sports. And I'm not much of a cheerer, so I just yelled sports. And it kind of just caught on, and my team called themselves the sports team. Um, But with sports, I also did outdoor stuff, Uh, outdoor sports, including surfing. And yes, I'm that guy that Lucas talks about for Tofino, or Josh, Jeremy So, or John, because they all live it there too. But if he's talking about a dude in Tofino, I'm I'm the one, but I don't go that often. Um, So I started surfing back in 2005. Yeah, that was, that was a while ago at this point. I was seven years old. And it was such a blast. My family would go every single summer for years. Every year I'd get a little bit better and a little bit better. But has anybody tried surfing yet? It very much humbled me. It's very character building. Um, You'd like to think since doing this since 2005, I'd be good now. I don't really, I don't think so. Um, But I know how to have fun. 
But for years, I got like a little bit better and a little bit better. And then by the age of 13, I thought, you know what? After seeing all these cool pros out in the back, shredding these waves, you know, I, I could do that. I've, I've seen like all the surfing movies. I know what to do. I've watched the YouTube tutorials. And so I bought myself a surfboard. So there's me, a little 13-year-old Bren. Um, that was called a Barracuda. I saved up a lot of birthday money and <laughs> it has blue flames, obviously. Um, I had no idea how to ride this thing at all. I figured you just hop on, get in the waves and you're good to go. But that wasn't really the case. <laughs> I thought, oh yeah, as long as I could set my mind to something, I just like grit my teeth and just like do it. Um, but that's also coming from the kid who wanted to be the next Michael Jordan growing up. And here I am, I'm not dunking in the NBA. But for a long time, I was just like, yeah, I'm just gonna get out into the waves, I'm just gonna grab this board and shred it up. But there's a lot to surfing. It's not just like getting out there and just standing up on your board and zooming around. Uh, for those of you who know, you know my pain. It's like 80% paddling, 10% salt water in your mouth, 1% tears, um, 3% pain and 1% fun. But that fun like stretches out, like it's a good 1%, you know? <laughs> but for a long time, um, I had this fear. I had this fear that I had to conquer. So I spent all this time in just like the little waves um, with these big long boards, but I just wanted to leap into the back end, into the deep end with the short board that I've never been experienced with. I just wanted to, I just wanted to be like the pros. I just wanted to get after it. But I had to conquer something. I had to conquer this fear of mine. Um, a couple fears, but like, I didn't really like my head being underwater or like not being able to see under the water because you don't know what's down there, right? It's open ocean. I had this friend, like a cousin from Winnipeg, not to throw him, throw him under the bus, but they came out here and they just like did not want to go into the ocean because they were like freaked out by jellyfish and sharks and stuff. Um, it's okay, you can go into the ocean sometimes. Just don't watch YouTube. But I had to conquer this fear of having my head under the water and having no control. This one time when I was younger, I, we love families who have lakes and invite people to those lakes. So this one time when I was like six years old, my parents would always invite, like told me, invite me to put on a life jacket so like I wouldn't drown, which is great, which is really nice, it's smart. But I was jumping off this dock and the boat was parked right next to it. And I jumped in to the water and I got like sucked underneath the boat and you know like where the wake like where you strap on the wakeboard on that like little pad. Well, it was like a wooden grate and it, it like, there's like a couple little holes, but I was like six years old and I got sucked underneath. The boat wasn't on, somebody's asked me this before and they're like, was it on? They're like, are you like alive? I'm like, oh no, it wasn't on. And the waves kept coming and coming. So it kept tossing me like under the water and under the water and under the water. And me with my, I mean, you saw how scrawny I was with my six year old little arms. I was like trying to push myself out. And it wasn't really working. And in that moment, I was like, I don't like my head being underwater and I don't like not being in control. Um, so surely enough, my dad came over and pulled me out, made it. But uh, that definitely instilled this fear in me for a long, long time. So when it came to surfing, when it came to this place where I wanted to be something else, when I just wanted to dive off to, into the deep end, I, I stuck to the shallows. I couldn't get up because with the, that certain board that I had that was barely no much bigger than 12-year-old Bren, I needed these actual bigger waves to actually surf and catch them and to find that freedom and that joy that I was looking for, that 
And I wish that this story could just end with, and I just jumped out there, and I was 13, I was just shredding, I was like, kick back, whoopow, woo! And that's not really the case. After that summer, when I got that board, I got really discouraged. I probably gave it 30 minutes, just paddling out in the waves, mostly drinking the water. And after that time, I, I realized, like, well, what, what's the point? Like, I'm not going to get any further. So I just stuck to the shallows, and I just stuck to the beach. I stuck there for a long time. I left the board in my room every summer afterwards, um, figuring because I wasn't going to use it at all. Because I just wanted to stick with what I was comfortable with. I was too scared to go out deep because of this old fear. Today I'm going to be reading from Matthew 14, 27 to 33. So if you'd like to grab a Bible in front of you, go ahead. But we'll also have it on the screen here. So, this is a good story. And if you know it, uh, no spoilers. But the story comes right after Jesus and his disciples had fed the 5,000, which was another one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And it says this in verse 22. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the other people home. After sending them home, he went up to the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves about three o'clock in the morning. I'll stop there. I've kind of just like ripped through the story so many times and just gone to like the main part that we're getting to. But something really stuck with me when I was reading this story again is that while Jesus was off praying and the disciples were going through the lake, all of a sudden out of nowhere, these waves and these storms come out of nowhere, these winds, waves crashing into the boat. And not just that, it didn't just happen at this opportune time, it didn't happen on a sunny Saturday when everybody was feeling good after they just took some pre-workout. It happened at three in the morning. And it reminds me that storms in our lives don't always come when we're ready for them. They come at the most awkward, weirdest times, like three in the morning. Please, I hope you're sleeping at that point in time. For all you like night shift workers, God bless you, praying for extra sleep for you. But at three in the morning, like you should not have to be awake or more dealing with a storm. I'm reminded time and time again that even like storms in my own life, I've heard about my students, I've heard about other people here, I've heard about stories from camp, from youth pastors, and so on, that storms continually come when you're least expecting them, when you're at your most vulnerable. So let's keep going. Jesus then came towards them, walking on water. No biggie. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. And in their fear, they cried, it's a ghost. Jesus said, boo. Um, <laughs> he did not say that. For the record, he did not say that. <laughs> but Jesus did speak to them. They were terrified. They were scared. The waves were crashing and the wind was going. And Jesus began to say, do not be afraid. Take courage, for I am here. And Peter looked at him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you, walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. 
So again, like they're in their storm at their like most vulnerable time and they don't really know what to do and they're freaked out by this guy walking on the water. Like if anybody saw that, I'm sure you'd be freaked out too. Or you'd just be like, Jesus, yeah, I've heard this one. Sick, he's back. But Jesus said, don't be afraid. Okay, I won't. Easier said than done. Easier said than done. And then he says, take courage, I'm here. I wish in my own life, if somebody said take courage to me, it could be as easy as just like, this is courage, I will take it. <laughs> Great, awesome, I am courageous. <laughs> There's so many things in the Bible that happen. And it's just like, don't be afraid, take courage. Or it's just like, just like, don't do that. But we see and we learn that time and time again that Jesus pulls through in these moments. It can be easy when the world around us is crashing into our boat and the wind is going crazy, but when Jesus is saying this to us, we have to listen. We have to hear him. We have to know this. And Peter called out to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Now this is bold. <laughs> this is bold. And I kind of want to also talk about the fact where like two things happen here. One being the, the fact that Taking courage isn't always that easy. For myself, the last thing that I think of whenever I'm met with an obstacle or an opposition or a hard moment or a storm of my own, I think, okay, how can I just deal with this in the right now by myself so that maybe somebody else doesn't have to see it, maybe I don't have to pull somebody into my mess. But how often is it that we actually find ourselves in trouble and actually call out to God? To actually, in our minds and in our hearts and in our souls, know that I don't have to be afraid. I'm gonna take courage, God's got me. And on top of that, we see Peter asking Jesus, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come out walking on the water. And this is like a classic, like it, it is and it isn't, like a no-no, like the testing God thing. I always tell like my kids, <laughs> don't like, you're not gonna like pray to Jesus to win the lottery. Like that's not how you should pray, it's just, not gonna happen if it does. Can I have some? Um, but we're not meant to test God like this. It, it, it's not like that at all. But Peter is allowing himself, he's allowing himself to be called out into the waves by Jesus. He's not just testing God. He's not just like, ah, just do this for me. He's like, God, I'm, a, I'm a Jesus. I'm allowing myself to step out into this if I'm called. It also says that in Psalm 37, four, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Something I love about this that Peter does is you know that he's coming from a place of being fully authentic and genuine. He's not just like, it's not just like a desire for, hey, I want a new truck or, hey, I want this. It's like, God, Jesus. I need this. So Peter went over to the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. He probably would have been louder. Save me, Lord! That's pretty loud. But Peter did it. He stepped out on the water and he began to walk. He did the impossible. He stepped out in faith. He did what he was called to do. And he did the impossible. But as soon as he got out 
and he looked around and realized what was actually going on in the storm that he was in. And with being vulnerable and like leaving his security, leaving his safety behind, he began to freak out. He began to focus on what was just happening around, around him and not on Jesus, on who had called him into this, on who was allowing him to do this. I feel like we do this a lot in life where we'll be like, Jesus, uh, just call me into this thing or like speak to my heart and let me do something. And as soon as like you step into something or you step into something new, whether that be a friendship, whether that be a relationship, a career path, a new job, uh, a new course at school, a hobby, whatever it may be. And as soon as we're met by opposition, it's just so easy to let go of the goal and realize what's happening around us. Oh, I don't have enough money. Oh, my car's broken down. Oh, my friend isn't doing so well. My mental health and my physical health is going down tremendously. I'm not saying close your eyes and just pretend those things aren't there. But I'm saying when your eyes are transfixed on Jesus, anything is possible. Because we want to be walking on, on good days and on bad days, whether you stub your toe and fumble a little bit, whether you're sitting on your board in the waves, you just manage to fall off, or if you're sitting in a boat and take a step into the ocean, he is always there for us. And what's also amazing is Peter's just seen Jesus doing miracles. He just saw Jesus feeding the 5,000. Um, and at this point, like they'd just come from that, but he still, even though he had seen God doing so many good things in his own life, He'd been there firsthand, seeing amazing works and miracles of God. He still managed to freak out. He's human. There are moments in our lives where we see God moving in amazing ways. I just came from two weeks of camp, and I love camp, personally. And I see a lot of kids starting to take those next steps into their faith, whether that be pray for the first time, whether that be crack open a Bible, or begin to ask those actual deep questions or inviting them into their life, or being baptized. And my first thing I always say to them when they, when they come to me with these victories, A, celebrate those victories, because those are like the greatest gift, and they need to be celebrated. But two, I always tell them to write it down, because it's so easy to forget what God has done, or the enemy just wants us to be like, yeah, but like, did that really happen? Ah, uh, that was just a coincidence. Like, there are so many times in life where we just wanna forget that it was God actually moving, but we just look for excuses as to why it wasn't. We become so focused with the storm around us. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped, the disciples worshiped him, you really are the son of God, they exclaimed. As I've gotten older, I've learned that growth comes from stepping into the uncomfortable sometimes. It comes with facing challenge. I'm not saying it only comes from there, but because of COVID especially, I went to a place of nurture, 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 when it, especially when it came to my job and meeting people. Because it's my goal and it's my heart that every person who walks into this church feels seen, known, and loved by their peers, by the staff and the people that work here, by the leaders, but most importantly, by God. And that's always been my heart for a really long time, but there's one piece that I was missing. 
That was, if, if you were to nurture, 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 and they were never met by opposition or life lessons or anything, they, they wouldn't grow. If they stay on the beach, they're not gonna understand the depths of the water and the freedom that comes with it. So it also comes with challenge. Challenge can look like a lot of different things. It can be these big leaps and bounds or it can be these little baby steps, but any step going forward is a step. Please hear me tonight. I know that everyone here and everybody that you see and know is facing a battle that maybe nobody knows about. And you shouldn't like allow yourself to be comparing your leaps, your steps to somebody else's because your victory is God's victory and that's a church victory. It wasn't until I was older that I finally stepped out into the deeper waters because my dad actually challenged me. I was hesitant, I said no. A lot of times I thought about all the random sea creatures that could have been in there. All the salt water going into my mouth, but ultimately my dad saying, I'll be there right next to you. I will be there right with you. Gave me that confidence, gave me that extra security to go out deeper. And although I'm just talking about surfing and how it's fun, the joy and the freedom and the love and the peace that you get from God is so much greater. It's so much greater. We see people like with Tofino and tourists or even hobbies or whatever it may be, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to go do these things. But how much time, how much money, how much, how much of your life are you spending to spend time with God? I spent way too long on that shore. I look back at it and I regret it sometimes, but I spent a long time on that shore in my hobbies, in my friendships, in my academics, in my career. But most importantly, I spent too much time on the shore in my faith. I was afraid to go deep because I wasn't, I was just content with where I was at. But there were a lot of moments where I wish I had faith like Peter to just simply step out of the boat. But the waves continually, <clears throat> continually would stop me. I'd step out, I'd take a look around, I'd see Jesus for a second, but then I'd be so focused on what was going on. But when we fix our eyes on Jesus, when we allow ourselves to be called out into the waves, when we take courage and get rid of our fears, then anything is possible. And we see that in this moment. In the same story, but in Mark 6, 51 and 52, it says this, closer to the end of the story. Then he climbed into the boat, the wind stopped. They were totally amazed, for they still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves that happened before. And this is the part. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. The world is scary. <laughs> I think we've definitely kind of figured that out in the last two, two and a half, three years or just our entire lives. But we get scared, we get scarred, so we protect ourselves, we harden our feelings, our emotions, our hearts. So the next time that we get attacked, the next time we face a storm, it doesn't hurt so bad, or maybe it doesn't even hurt at all. But it gets to a point where you, you can forget to relax, where you're constantly putting up these walls and hardening your, callousing your heart. And even it begins that the victories and the love that you see from your friends and your family begin to seem meaningless and also begin to just deflect off. And you don't know freedom because you're cooped up. 
And it says this in Hebrews multiple times. It says, today when you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Today when you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. There are so many times in life when you hear the voice of God or you're reading the word of God or you're hearing this certain sermon and you're like, ah, oh, that kind of applies to me, but not right now. Oh, I could kind of see myself stepping into this, but not right now. I might feel kind of called into this, but I'll do it in like five years. But what if you took that moment, you took that change, you took that step today, in this moment, right now? I'm not saying to jump into things that you don't feel called to or that you don't feel moved to, but I want you to allow yourself to take a moment and to hear. Because living constantly hardened, like with a hardened heart is exhausting, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, and it's lonely. So when you hear his voice today, do not harden your hearts. So I'm gonna pray, and I just wanna take a moment. Um, so if you would, close your eyes. With your eyes closed, with your heart softened, it's my prayer, it's my hope that God would reveal an area in your life that you need to step out of the boat. It can be hard, it can be scary, honestly terrifying. But would you allow yourself to sit and hear? Whether that be stepping out in a relationship, in a friendship, beginning to ask deeper questions, beginning to just talk about God. Whether that be at work, maybe asking for that promotion or talking to that new person. Whether that be in your hobbies, getting to know people and just continuing to grow as a person with your skills. But most importantly, with your faith. I'm even right now thinking of the person who's dealing with mental or physical health and just doing it on their own. It's my hope and it's my prayer that you would not do it on your own, that you would invite Jesus into that right now. So no matter how big, no matter how small, would it be a step in faith today? Would it be a step in courage, knowing Jesus is right there with you? God, right now I lift up everyone in this place. Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, speak to our minds. God, that you would show us and light the path in front of us into, into the next area that we need to take that Jesus, that you would bless our steps as we go forward in full faith, knowing that you have us. Lord, I pray against the distraction of the enemy. I pray that we wouldn't be brought down into the waves by, by the focus on the bad, but God, that we'd be able to focus on your majesty, on your strength, on your goodness, on who you are and what you've overcome and what you've done. That we'd be able to know that you have us every step of the way. And Jesus, I pray that when we are given these, these ideas of the next steps, the words, whether it be the, the pull on the heart, but God, whatever it may be, that God, that we would go with courage 
and we would go with faith and we would go with strength and with fear behind us. So Lord, we thank you for your security. God, I thank you that you love us and that you only have plans for succeeding for us with you by our side, with our gaze transfixed upon you. We love you, Lord. And we're so thankful for what you're doing in this place and in our lives. Amen. So one more thing. The same God that walked on water, the same God that multiplied loaves and fishes and healed the sick is the same God that knows you, that created you and that loves you unconditionally. So much so that he came down as a man, did nothing wrong and sacrificed himself for you so that he could be death, so that one day we could be in heaven with him. So when you hear this, when you think of this today, would you not harden your hearts? So if you would grab your elements. I know I'm so thankful for the God who loves me. And it becomes so just routine sometimes to do this once a month and to forget what it's really about. But would you really, really consider and take a second in right now, recognizing and realizing what Jesus went through for you because he loves you so, so much. In 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 26, it says this. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread. He gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into a piece and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Partake together. In the same way, he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Let's partake together. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your miracles. We thank you for your strength, for your power, for who you are, and for how much you love each and every single person in this room. God, I pray that they would recognize that, that they would live their lives full of your joy, full of your peace, full of your love, knowing that you died on a cross for them. Jesus, I pray that going forward, that whatever they step into, that it would be with faith and knowing that you are there with them. Lord, I thank you for who you are, for what you've done and what you're going to continue to do. Jesus, I pray that even right now, you just begin to release fears. You begin to release anxieties, mental illnesses, whatever it may be, God, I pray that, that everybody in this room would just be able to have that clear focus of you. And Jesus, I pray that we would continue to allow ourselves to be called out into the waves by you so that we would have ears to listen, eyes to see, and softened hearts to love. We love you, Lord. We thank you for what you've done. 
are doing right now in this moment and what you're going to do. And everyone said, amen.